welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and believe it or not, money in the bank is now in the rear view mirror. But worry not, we can now adjust our course to Detroit, Michigan for SummerSlam. Hovering on the horizon, no doubt the biggest party of the summer. We got a lot to talk about. And I can't do it alone. So, of course, I dragged along my tag team partner from Monday Night Raw, the fighting Irishman himself, Kevin Patrick. KP, I need some money in the bank takeaways, man. You and I got to stay stateside and watch like fans. We did. We did. We got to stay home. We got to enjoy our 4th of July. Happy 4th. Hope everybody had a wonderful time with your loved ones. Money in the bank was special, wasn't it? Uh, and you no know doubt what about it. What stood out to me was was the fans, bud. The fans and, and the different flavor that they brought. I'm not saying they were better than fans from whether it be, you know, SummerSlam of last year, WrestleMania. No, it was just different. It was a different feel about the arena. Um, to, to hear chants like, stand up if you hate Spurs, for example, before Finn Balor was to come out later on that day, knowing that Balor is a Spurs fan. That's a, that's a reference to... Tottenham Hotspurs yes. football club, right, yes. KP? Correct. I'm learning. You, you are, like to make you fun are. of me. I still may be a Zava guy at heart, but I know enough to be. I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm stepping up my football game. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S. I-A-N dot com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Did you hear the Triple H Ted Lasso comment in the press conference? Yes, asking for Trent Krim of the Independent. So good. So good. <laughs> that got such a big pop amongst everybody there at the press conference. It, it was it was the, the fans, the element that they brought, the, oh, Seth freaking Rollins. Like, that's just different, you know? And I, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but if you just focused on the ring and looked at the hard cam and then you felt it and you closed your eyes, you knew you were somewhere different. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think that's been sort of the magic and dare I say, maybe the missing ingredient over the past several years. We take such pride in being a global company and WWE truly is a worldwide phenomenon. And now I think fans are getting to see it and experience it in every venue, particularly when we're talking about premium live events recently has very much their own flavor. And it's kind of cool. It's like when you used to play a video game and you would travel around the world, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, you were in these different worlds and these different settings, and it just felt a little different. It doesn't necessarily mean anybody's going to get a hometown advantage, but it's really cool to, to be able to watch as a fan and go, I don't know where they are, but they're somewhere special. And, and I've noticed that it's almost like the fans in Puerto Rico and Cardiff and London this past weekend have sort of forced the rest of the world to step up their game. I mean, agree with me or, or tell me if I'm wrong, KP, because even in Baltimore Monday night, the crowd was just riotous. The atmosphere is so much more fun. It, it's fun for us. It's fun for the, the superstars competing in the ring. And I think for the fans at home watching, it adds another element. And it almost as and I thought about this as I watched Money in the Bank from my parents' couch at their house on uh, 
that Saturday. If I'm a fan and I'm watching this, I'm thinking, my God, I got to go. I got to be there. It's one thing to sit and, and watch and, and you can feel the energy to an extent come through your television screen, but to actually be there, it makes me sort of long as a fan to go, God, man, I, I don't know when or, but when WWE comes to town, I'm not going to miss it. It's like the entire WWE universe has really stepped up their game. And, and I, I had a blast. London absolutely brought it as we expected them to. And uh, I say fair play. Keep it up going forward. When we come to your city, we want you at your best. And I don't care if we're in London or we're in Boston or we're in Dallas or Houston or wherever we may be. Keep doing what you're doing because it's fun for us. Big time. And I'm starting to see more more signs throughout the crowd now as yeah. well. I'm noticing that happen more and more. Look, you're passing the baton. Every time WWE comes to your city now, you're passing the baton. And guess what? The one that's passed you the, the baton was pretty freaking impressive. London, incredible. Baltimore, I'm glad you brought it up. Baltimore brought it on Monday. That energy was electric. You think about the premium live events of this year so far. Four of the five have been out of the country. Isn't that incredible to think about? We've never been able to say that before, whether it's Montreal, Puerto Rico, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, London, England. WWE is very much a global company, and with that comes that different feel, that different flavor. The fans brought it. Cody Rhodes was asked in the press conference about the fans, and he said, he, he brought up something, and I'm not sure exactly how Dusty Rhodes, his, his great late father, what he thought about the fans and taking over an arena. But Cody said, I disagreed for a long time with my father about this. And he says, I've always felt that the fans should do what they want. and and Take over if you want. Go a I direction agree. if you want. And, uh, and that's certainly what we saw. And, and we, like I expected, for example, Finn Balor to get an awful lot of love. Didn't happen. I, he got his love, but not in comparison to Seth freaking Rollins, who Correct. was undoubtedly the favorite in that match. But that's the thing. I didn't know which way it was going to go. Sure. I didn't know if they were, were going to side with Finn, given his love for, you know, his time spent in London. His, 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 he's from across the water in, in Bray, Ireland. So I expected a, a lot more vocal love for Balor. Instead, Rollins, man, just captivated that audience. And it makes me realize when I watch Rollins every week, what we're living in right now. We're, we're living in the midst of something incredibly special when someone can go to Paris, France and stand there for 12 minutes and have the entire WWE universe not skip a beat. Oh, I absolutely love it. It's exciting. It's exhilarating and it's refreshing for those of us in front of the camera uh, as, as, as we are all performers of, of some type and to have that sort of atmosphere and that energy goes a very, very long way. So uh, well done. Hats off to you, London. And I uh, noticed that there was somebody of consequence who took notice enough that he made the trip across the pond as a surprise. John freaking Cena just showing up at Money in the Bank and waving the flag proudly saying, hey, let's do WrestleMania in London. I swear, if you're listening to this, I don't know any more than you do, but it sounds like a pretty cool idea, especially after the way the fans brought it inside the O2. Find a, a big venue, a soccer stadium over in London somewhere. It's Wembley. It's got to be Wembley. That atmosphere would be legendary. And the thing is, I mean, you've got about six, seven different stadia to choose from. Wembley Stadium would be the number one, right? That's the iconic stadium. That is the Madison Square Garden of stadia in England. But 
Tottenham Hotspur, we mentioned them, have the most perfect, pristine, brand new stadium that could host probably 70, 80,000 people, no problem. So you have a, a, a boatload of choices across London. John Cena said it, which makes me believe that somewhere down the line, it has to happen. It has to happen. Manifestation. Speak Correct. it into existence. You know, we we have a pretty good track record of that happening here on After the Bell, usually regarding matchups we want to see. But, hey, I uh, I fully support the idea if somehow the opportunity comes together in the years to come. But the reality is we are barreling toward SummerSlam Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, and we took our first steps post money in the bank toward SummerSlam. There's so many premium live events to keep keep in order in my head my brain is just fried right now um but but we saw monday night in baltimore we talked about it we saw an appearance from senior money in the bank damian priest who i think has a very good chance of successfully cashing and we talked on this show many times recently about how priest has been on the cusp of that breakout and he had the incredible performance with bad bunny uh tearing it down with rollins a few weeks ago on monday night raw I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Mr. Money in the Bank continues the trend uh, and maybe successfully cashes in. I don't know if it happens on Rollins. And I sort of intimated about the possibility on Raw that what if he decides to cash in on Roman? I mean, Roman's amidst all that turmoil. We've got the tribal court tonight on Friday night SmackDown. Maybe Priest sets his sights on a different championship. We'll have to wait and see. And of course, EO Sky picking up the honor on the women's side of things. Gravy, you know what stood out to me on Monday was the power that Damien Priest and EO Sky, but we saw it firsthand at the commentary desk, the power that Damien Priest has now. And, you know, it's something you don't necessarily feel maybe as much watching TV because you're not watching his every move, but we're next to him. And every time Seth freaking Rollins got slightly closer, Priest would edge closer, contract in hand. And that power, man... That's that that's that's there for all to see. You can feel it. You can sense it. And I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens tonight. And if Damian Priest shows up on Friday Night SmackDown amongst all the chaos and the madness going on right now with the Bloodline, it's going to be an interesting one to see tonight. Buzzing for it. KP. While we're talking about Raw and the spectacular job of the Charm City chapter of the WWE universe, what I took away, what I found myself thinking about post Monday Night Raw as I was driving back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, God's country, was how blown away I was by the Women's World Championship match on Raw between Rhea Ripley and Natalia. Now, Rhea has been arguably the most dominant champion in, in recent memory. I mean, granted, she's only held the title since WrestleMania, but Rhea hasn't had a, a lot of challengers because, let's be honest, who wants to step up to her? She's, she's breathing a rarefied air right now. Rhea is such an intimidating force uh, and one of the top superstars in WWE right now, male or female. I understand why there aren't challengers coming out of the woodwork who think they can step up to the Eradicator. But this issue with Natalia dates all the way back to Night of Champions. And Natty's been very vocal on social media and, and uh, WWE digital platforms about how she felt like she wasn't given her just due. She was attacked before the bell at Night of Champions. She's supposed to have a match a few weeks ago that just led to Rhea annihilating Natty yet again. And Natalia's a veteran. She's been there. She has done that. She's been a staple of the women's division in WWE for well over a decade. I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, uh, but Natalia is, is a true trailblazer in this game. And it's easy to be overlooked. A lot of times there are superstars on the roster who not due to any fault of their own, just they're not featured. They're not made 
uh, they're not brought to the forefront to, to be celebrated perhaps to the extent that they deserve. And, and Natty had a chance to really fight fire with fire. That was the phrase I kept using on Monday. And I think what Natty did was really remind not only Rhea Ripley, not only the WWE universe, but a lot of people behind the scenes that, Hey, I get that. I've been here a while. She, she's an elder statesman, so to speak. And I don't, I mean that with all due respect, I still have a little gas in the tank because what we saw between her and, and Rhea Monday was a fight, man. That wasn't a, a technical classic. And this is coming from Natalia who loves to flex her technical abilities from the minute she came out blowing out of the backstage area and flattened Rhea. This was a different side of Natty than maybe we've ever seen. And I couldn't help but buy in. 100%. Listen, most matches that Rhea Ripley's in, the match is on Rhea Ripley's terms, right? Correct. And it's a fight. Like at WrestleMania, we saw an all-time classic. For you, I think you said here on the show, it was, it was your top match from WrestleMania when Rhea took on Charlotte. It was on Natty's terms on Monday. Natty came out. Natty attacked Rhea. Natty kept coming back for more. No matter what Rhea threw at Natty, Natty was able for it on Monday. And I, I absolutely loved what we saw from Natty. And it wasn't this three, four-minute match. This this. Well, this was a banger that went on and felt for about 20 minutes, but I like totally back agree. And, forth. And, and, and it was a great example. And we talk about it a lot about superstars capitalizing on opportunity opportunities. Sometimes, unfortunately, the reality of the business is they can be few and far between. And Natalia has felt that she hasn't had the opportunity or she hasn't had a chance to remind everybody. So she made the most of the chance. Did she leave as women's world champion? Unfortunately not. However, I think Natty probably reminded a lot of the right people what she's capable of. And I expect a little, little more from the Queen of Hearts in the weeks and months to come. Speaking of reminding people, how about COVID-19, the pandemic, the Thunderdome? Who ran WWE during that time? There's a big argument to be said that it was Drew McIntyre. And McIntyre now is tearing back into WWE and he's targeted Gunter. And I could not love this anymore. He comes back at Money in the Bank. He protects Riddle against Imperium. Back again on Monday Night Raw and instantly a boot to the face, a Glasgow kiss, back inside the ring he goes. And if this is rolling towards SummerSlam, if this is where we're headed, take my money. I'm all in on this. Drew McIntyre looks better than ever right now. There's something refreshed about him, uh, rejuvenated. And I'm buzzing to see the Scottish Warrior because we cannot forget what a big-time player Drew McIntyre is. You're absolutely right. You hit the nail directly on the head with that. As pertains to the Thunderdome era, uh, Drew did put this place on his shoulders and keep us afloat as WWE champion in, in that time period. And I know Drew wants to do it the quote-unquote right way. In the future, Drew still wants that run as the top guy while we're selling out stadiums, while the WWE universe is in full effect now. Drew obviously has a lot of unfinished business, but you're right. The time away, we haven't seen Drew since WrestleMania. The time away is good for your body. It's good for your mind. We may be dealing with the most dangerous Scottish warrior we've seen yet, evidenced by the fact that he stepped up to Gunther, the most Dominant Intercontinental Champion in recent history on the verge of breaking the Honky Tonk Man's record not too far down the road. Uh, Drew presents a massive roadblock to Gunther receiving that accolade, being able to hang his hat as being the longest reigning of all time because McIntyre is a fire-breathing dragon. And Drew came back jacked out of his mind. I think somehow <laughs> he's in better shape than he was at WrestleMania, which it just seems impossible. Um, and, and it's great for the WWE Universe. It's great for Monday Night Raw. Because we have another bona fide top guy. 
And I say that from a sense that anyone listening understands what I'm saying. You can plug Drew into a main event any night of the year and people are going to buy in. You can plug Drew into a match with Seth freaking Rollins tomorrow and people are going to believe that Drew has that capability of, of dethroning Rollins. You could send Drew to the Island of Relevancy next week and he could challenge Roman again and people would go, okay, this might be it. He is that legitimate threat to everyone he encounters, everyone he steps in the ring with. And I think the WWE fans believe in Drew at such a level that it's that tangible excitement. Now you've got Drew in the mix with Cody, with Rollins, with Gunther on Monday Night Raw. I mean, this top tier of superstars just added a major plus one. You said it perfectly on commentary. Did you see the trepidation, that little look in Gunther that we didn't see before? I mean, we haven't seen before. There was something different about it. And, and all of a sudden, the ring general understands that if this is the fella coming for my title, I've got my work cut out. And I think there's also something we should touch on in a massive way here. And that's the look that we saw in the eyes of Brock Lesnar, who yeah. answered the open challenge, came tearing out for Cody Rhodes. But man, did the American Nightmare have answers. It was absolutely insane. It was almost hard to fathom that Brock started the, with a sneak attack and Cody met him. Cody turned tail out of the ring and said, all right, I'm coming for you and stood his ground, took a, took a little bit of a lick in there for a minute, but hits the Cody cutter and Brock retreats. That is unfamiliar territory. Watching the beast incarnate retreat from anybody. So maybe Brock saw that thing, that, that thing in Cody's eyes that you never get to see unless you're standing across the ring from him that makes him the American nightmare. I love that this this rivalry has lasted already as long as it has since the night after WrestleMania. It looks as though we could be headed there for SummerSlam. Sign me up. Big stadium, big atmosphere, Rhodes and Brock at SummerSlam. Man, that 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 should be appetizing. Again, forget your technical wrestling. Just forget about it. This one is going to be an all-out brawl, yeah. I love it. I, I love that. That that's that to me is my favorite style, if you will, of sports entertainment. I appreciate the athleticism. And speaking of Ricochet and Logan Paul standing face-to-face from one another, uh, I don't want to say the potential for fireworks is extremely high, but you talk from a pure athleticism standpoint, Ricochet and Logan Paul, something to keep your eyes on. But talking about Natty and Rhea, talking about Cody and Brock, that – I don't want to say it's a throwback, but it's not about technique. It was about emotion. It was about passion. It was a fight. It was vitriolic. It was ugly. Both of those matches. Yes, there are spectacular maneuvers. Yes, there are there is still mind-blowing athleticism, but it just feels so deeply personal. It's not just a match because the match was booked. It's not just a match because there is a title on the line. It means the world to all of these superstars. For Natalia to capitalize on the opportunity and for Rhea to thwart a challenge. But for Cody to finish his story, he needs to get past Brock Lesnar. And Brock it just won't go away. Brock is making Cody's life hell. He he broke Cody's arm and forced him to pass out. And now Cody still needs that vengeance. I mean, it's a really fun time. There's so much so many ways this can go, and it's not just a one-match show. Here we are. Weeks away, with four weeks from tomorrow is SummerSlam, and we're already speculating about half of the card, and all of it's exciting. It's got me salivating. And there's been a big build in terms of storytelling for so much of what we're talking about, uh, which is the long-term storytelling that you crave, right? As a fan, this is what you want. It's it's been it's been a joy to behold. And when you break down these different stories all throughout, right, whether it's 
Cody and Brock, or like we we may see with Drew and and Gunther. Drew and Gunther goes back, you know, this goes back a while. These guys go back a long, long way. If you want to go back deeper into their stories as well, so a battle for dominance between these two, it's it's a. Uh, it's something that you and I are very privileged and lucky to be ringside, to be able to tell these stories and just dive in and hopefully don't get flattened by one of them coming across our announce desk. <laughs> no doubt about it. Can't wait to see how it all plays out. We will continue to take massive leaps toward Detroit Rock City over the next several weeks on Raw, on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, but we're going to take this back to the past, KP. Last week, we we appetized the ATB faithful. We Is that, is that, a, is that a verb? Can you yes. appetize something? It or is, is it always an adjective? It is now. We appetized your, <laughs> your, we appetized your appetite. I don't know, went, KP, I'm losing the appetite. it, <laughs> Sure. Whatever it is, we gave you a, a glimpse at the goodness. He is a former Mr. Money in the Bank. He is a former WWE champion, and he is our guest. In its completion, here is the rest for your enjoyment of our amazing interview with the one and only Big E. All right, E, so we chatted about you becoming Mr. Money in the Bank, but it was 57 days before you cashed in to eventually become WWE champion. During those 57 days, did doubt creep in? What was going through your head? How, how did you feel knowing that you had this career-altering opportunity on the horizon? Well, I mean, I, I felt that it was going to happen, but in the same vein, man, it's... <sighs> It's kind of, I don't know if, if embarrassing is the right word, but it's the first word that comes to mind to have the briefcase and not cash in. I didn't want to be on that list. All right. Look, look John Cena's on that list. So, and people argue, you can argue he's the greatest of all time. So there's no shame in being on the list. But for me, I was someone, I didn't want to get this close and not finish. I didn't want to get this close. And because who knows with an opportunity like that, if I go to cash in and I fail, that might be it for me. That might be my only shot at even getting close to a world title. So for me, it was really important to, to finish that story. And you know, along the way, is, uh, along the way, I had an obstacle with uh, old bum ass Corbin stealing my briefcase. <laughs> I had, I mean, we had a match on the uh, pre-show of SummerSlam uh, in Vegas, uh, so I could win it back. But uh, I was also like, you know. I was a fan of, of his work too. And it's, it's cool to see him go, going back to, to NXT. And yeah, he tore it up a, with Carmelo the other night. Yes, he did. Yes, he did, man. And he's also on the low. He's also a guy like during the pandemic, we were working out together. You know, he, he lives just down the street. So uh, we've definitely gotten closer over the last several years. So I was, uh, you know, so we had that obstacle of, of going with Corbin and, and trying to get my briefcase back. But that was the biggest thing for me is I didn't want to get this close and not get that opportunity, man. It was, uh, it was harrowing at times, but I'm so glad that the cash in happened, that we were able to, to get to the finish line and, and do it in Boston. Well, by the time the after the bell faithful is listening to this interview, we will have a new Mr. And Mrs. Money in the Bank crowned. Uh, what advice would you give to them now owning the opportunity that had served you so well? Uh, man, I, I just really... I feel like I'm one who is, uh, I, I tend, I don't like doling out advice because I think I have shared a locker room with so many incredibly talented performers, many of them who've done this much longer than I have, who know what they're doing. So I'm not really one necessarily to, to offer advice, but uh, mostly- Wait, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you and interrupt you, Big E, because as your friend, as a man who has known you for, I believe, 12 years now-ish, uh, 
as a man who has no problem issuing advice on my own, you absolutely have more than enough credibility to give whatever advice you want. You're a freaking former WWE champion. You are a member of the most successful faction in WWE history, in case you didn't know. Oh, by the way, at one point in your life, you squatted like 9,000 pounds, okay? You can give advice. It's okay, especially on After the Bell. You have our permission. Fine, fine. That's fair. <laughs> I, here's the thing is, I just mostly feel like in life, I'm just winging it. And I don't know how it's working out for me, uh, but it's, it's been cool so far. But thank you. Anyways, so I guess the biggest thing for me is uh, I just general life advice is I feel like we're always looking for that next thing. Like I know even having conversations with Sammy, like I know he was kind of bummed. I don't know if bummed is the right word, but you know, he was he was in a position where he was this close to beating Roman, to being a world champion, you know, being the guy to beat Roman. And I think sometimes you can be so focused on where you want to go and having that ambition. And that's beautiful. Don't lose that hunger. But sometimes we as wrestlers, as superstars, performers, whatever word you want to use, sometimes we aren't present. And sometimes we don't realize this is incredible. I'm having an incredible moment in my career. So I would just encourage people, man, be present. Um, and that's one thing I can look back and I don't have any regrets about my time as world champion or my, my time with the briefcase because I really enjoyed it. I had a blast uh, and I felt like I did my, my best to be present. So that's what I would encourage everyone. Like once, once you win that briefcase, this might be the only time you have the thing. Uh, enjoy it. I know it's it's a pain to carry around sometimes because <laughs> it's not big enough to like fit all your stuff in, but it's a little too big to just easily stow away. It's a pain to travel with. I remember when I was with Dolph, so that was a cool thing too, is I first started on the road with the Mr. Money in the Bank uh, when, when Dolph had it. And uh, and he, like, that thing is a pain. Like, I get it. And he had it a lot longer than I did. So he's always trying to figure out what, you know, how to store it. So it can be a pain as far as traveling with it, but uh, enjoy it. And enjoy your time uh, doing this. Uh, it's special. What we get to do is, is special. And when you have an opportunity to be Mr. or Mrs. Money in the Bank, uh, it, it's really unique. It's a ton of fun. And uh, just enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Biggie, in terms of the enjoyment, though, of, of possessing the Money in the Bank contract and walking into the arena every single week, you had it for 57 days. Is there like the fear, the fun factor? You can strike into the champions that are looking around the corner going, oh, here's Big E, here's Big E. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I think there's definitely something to that. I, I love the idea that everyone's on notice. All the world champions are on notice. You can show up at any moment and you can take away the thing that they love. So uh, that's and that's the really cool, unique aspect of of the briefcase, because we don't really have anything else like that in our industry. It's special. So uh, just knowing that you can sit back, you can take a moment to look at the landscape to wait for your opportunity, to know when the time is right. Uh, I think that's a really cool aspect of being Mr. or Mrs. Money in the Bank. 
You're talking a lot about being present, taking a step back, and enjoying WWE from a fan's perspective these days. But I know you're still a very, very busy guy. What is on Big E's plate these days? It seems like I still see your face popping up all over the place. I know you're very, very busy. What can you share with the uh, WWE fans? With what are you, what are you up to? Yeah, man. I, I realized uh, my time on the road has definitely made me a nomad. Uh, as, as hard as, you know, we often complain about the travel, but I also realized like, I think I need the travel. I can't sit at home for too long. I get bored. Uh, but I, I love just jumping into different projects. And I think one of the things that I also love is that when I first started wrestling, I loved the athletic side. That was the reason to continue as an athlete. But when I got further and further into my career, it's really, I developed a love for storytelling. Um, and that's one of the things that I have really uh, just clung to as I've gotten older. So uh, right now um, I'm working on doing more voice acting. Uh, nothing I can announce right now, but I have some really cool things that are already done, um, already complete. And hopefully soon within the next few months, uh, I could talk about, uh, we also have our short film, which I, I wish I could talk about in depth, but man, I can't wait for people to see it. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, we're working right now on sending out to, to festivals. So actually just yesterday, uh, just submitted to a bunch of festivals. So we're hoping to get some good news there, but man, it's, um, for me, it's just a bunch of those things, just still juggling projects. I wish I could, t- I'm trying to think of any of those, uh, any of the projects I can actually talk about. There's nothing really worth Biggie, mentioning right now. Master carrot dangler right now. He's going, <laughs> oh, all right, everybody, there's something great coming your way, but I'm not going to tell you about it. <laughs> I mean, look, we've all been in entertainment long enough. You know what it's like where someone says, this is happening. It's done. Here we go. And, you know, like often so many times it falls through. And I don't want to be the guy that says, hey, guys, look out for this great thing I'm doing on this date. And it never happens. What happened to that great thing you were doing on that date, Biggie? Yeah, I don't know. I I know how it is. Yes. Yes, you do. Just bust and chop. Yes. But I, I know you have been busy. Uh, I've seen your face on the old USFL a lot recently. You've been doing some work with the Michigan Panthers. Uh, wh- how did that come about? What, what are you What are you doing with them nowadays? Oh, uh, man, it's been a blast. So actually, we just finished up our last home game. Uh, so I've been trying to do something with Fox Sports for a while. I got to do Big Noon Kickoff, which was a blast as a college football nerd. That was a ton of fun. So I've had this relationship with Fox Sports. And we've been trying to think of ideas to do more and more. And then this opportunity that was kind of out of the box, just just came out of nowhere, uh, presented itself. And uh, it just made sense with SummerSlam, August 5th, being at Ford Field in Detroit, and uh, so we had this, uh, they came to me and said, hey, we have this idea for you to MC these games for the Michigan Panthers. And honestly, it has been a blast. I've had a ton of fun. And, you know, the interesting thing with what we do in our industry is we get to travel the world. We've been to, how many times have you guys been to Detroit? Countless times, right? Exactly. But how many times do you actually, like, I've never really had, I, I always stay out near the airport because it's cheaper, but typically you land or you drive in, you wake up, you get to a gym, you get food real quick, then you get to the building. I don't explore in Detroit or anywhere, but the really cool thing with this opportunity is because we're coming in early, we're doing stuff uh, around the community. Uh, we've done stuff with the Boys and Girls Club. We went to a dinner, uh, sorry, a, a breakfast for the Special Olympics. So and I, we had five home games and I've had time. I'm just going back and forth to Detroit uh, for four weeks straight. And then we had about a three or four week break. And then we had one more home game. Um, but the really great thing is I have really learned so much about Detroit and genuinely have my appreciation, my admiration for the people of Detroit, for the city of Detroit. I know it's it's popular for a lot of people to make jokes about Detroit, but if you actually 
sit down with someone from Detroit. If you actually spend time in the city, it is gorgeous. The things they're doing in downtown, the money that's being pushed into the city, the pride that people have for the city. So this is really just a shout out to all the great people of Detroit that I've met. I've had a blast. Honestly, I'll miss Detroit. I, I, I can't believe like I'll miss Detroit, man. I really will. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I only know Detroit as well as I do because it's only a four hour drive from Pittsburgh. And I actually spent a lot of time up that way on the independence before WWE, not to mention all the times, you know, we, we go there a couple times a year and, and it's just, it is, it's, it's a very blue collar mentality. It kind of reminds me of Pittsburgh. It's just kind of that salt of the earth people and everybody's just, you know, busting their ass and everybody's proud of their city where they come from. I got a lot of love for Detroit. I have no doubt SummerSlam is going to be a really, really good time. But while we're talking USF football, Biggie, could you just remind me um, the result of the Panthers uh, Maulers game in the North division championship? I- <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Uh, so I'm also, so I'm also going to serve as the MC for the USFL title game. So, and, and the, your, your Pittsburgh uh, team, your hometown team is going to be in that title game. So I have to be impartial for that. So I want to, I want to say congratulations to uh, Pittsburgh's uh, USFL team. Congrats to them. Great job. But they have, I think they beat my Panthers every single time that they faced off in the regular season and the, and the, and the postseason as well. So that, that was, that was uncalled. He is a pro. Me. He is choking back all of his Seriously? true emotions right now. I'm going to get a text message as soon as we're done with this going to be expletive laden. Are you sure you don't need a co-MC? You get gravy along there too, no? You know, I might have to drag him out to be my whipping boy. We would redefine the sports broadcast world. I'll tell you that much. Probably wouldn't last long, but it'd be a good time. (laughs) Not at all. We'd be fired promptly, but we'd have a lot of fun. Yes. Speaking of sports broadcasting, is that something you have an interest in? Because I can imagine you on a set just tearing Skip Bayless apart. I mean, is that something you'd enjoy? So I, so I personally, there are a lot of people who like the talking head shows. That's not my thing, respect to them. Uh, but there's an aspect of, of sports that I really love. Um, so I've had this idea for a while uh, with our, our old buddy, our good buddy, Tom Hannafin, uh, okay. who's gone on to, to other pastors, but old we both love dog. college football. Yeah, yeah the same. Um, yeah, man. So we've had this idea. We both love college football, but I want to take a step back and there's so much culture behind, not just college football, but all the sports. When we're talking tailgating, you know, most of these college football games happen in these tiny college towns like Iowa City, uh, like Tuscaloosa, and they have so much rich culture, traditions, you have local eateries. There's so many things. So that's kind of, that's what I want to explore. I want to do more of that. So we have this idea for, for a show where we go on the road and let's say you're going to the big like Alabama, Texas game and you spend a few days in Tuscaloosa and you you find the best barbecue spot and you go to uh, the local farm that's been around for a hundred years, but just exploring why people show up it's not just about the game. It's about the culture. It's about the traditions they share. And that's what I really love. So I want to do more of that behind the X's and O's, behind the analysis, uh, and just dig into to that aspect of sports culture. It's like Anthony Bourdain meets the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty cool. That's, that's yeah, pretty cool. You're exactly. made for it. I actually worked on a show. I used to work for the Big Ten Network. So I covered the Hawkeyes during right. the Kirk Ferentz years and all those years. Yeah. And, and uh, I was a graphics producer, actually. And we had a show at the time called Friday Night Tailgate with Melanie Collins and um, a, a comedian these days. I forget his name now, but they, they had a great time. I mean, but there's a void there now, it seems, for, for something like that. So you'd be perfect, man. I appreciate it, man. And college sports is so massive, especially college football. And I just feel like, you know, there's a thousand people talking X's and O's, but this would be something that I think is it's kind of an underserved part of uh, college football coverage, I think. So we'll see. Jordan Klepper. I remembered his name. Jordan Klepper. 
Respect to Jordan Klepper, because KP forgot his name the first time. Jordan <laughs> Good luck, Jordan Klepper. Jordan Klepper, Big Jordan Klepper, Jordan Klepper. Biggie, you're obviously very well tied in in the college sports world right now. I know you're doing a lot of work with our NIL program within WWE, uh, searching for the next crop of WWE superstars. How's that experience been for you? Man, it's been a lot of fun. It's been rewarding, too, because the cool thing now is, uh, you know, part of me for a while, I kind of felt... Uh, not guilt, but you kind of feel a certain way, especially when you first step into the industry and guys like you, Graves, who, you know, really, you know, spent time on the independent scene. They've always wanted to do this. You, you work and you work and, and like wrestling is in your bones. It wasn't like that for me, but now I can look back and say, oh, even though I went a, a route that is, you know, at the time was kind of untraditional in, in 2009, the cool thing is, oh, I could speak now because this is the lane that the company's kind of in right now is, and it's not that they're just giving up on hiring independent wrestlers. But if we're going to make a commitment to bringing in athletes who have never taken a bump, who have never wrestled before, who don't know this industry, uh, like I can speak to the experience of coming in like that. And also the cool thing is we can, we had, uh, when we had the tryouts in LA, Bianca came in and she was amazing. And she's also someone who can speak to not watching wrestling, not knowing really anything about wrestling. And then she gives this a shot and you see her just, absolutely blossom as a superstar. You see her passion for this grow. So sometimes, you know, you get, you're a little late to, to the business. You're a little late to understanding it, to loving it, um, to really just diving into it. So that's the really cool thing is now that we have all these athletes who come from college sports, who are done with college football, basketball, volleyball, dance, cheerleading, whatever it is. Now I can say, hey, I also came in in 2009 not knowing a thing about what we do. And I could speak to my experiences. So uh, that's the thing is that I really enjoy is, uh, you know, I, if you really love this industry, if you love this company, if you love what we do, you want to see it be healthy when you're old and broken down. You want to see stars uh, come in and it's, you know, I'm 37 right now. I want to see people who are 22, 23, who might not understand the business, come in and develop a love for it and be hungry and bring something new to the table. And I want to be at WrestleMania in 20, 30 years and see that the business is in a much better place than it was when I was doing it. So that's the one thing is I always I just want to do things now at my age that really speak to me. I don't want to do things just for a check or just, you know, just because I'm bored. And this spoke to me as soon as they said, hey, we want to bring you in to the tryouts and to going on college campuses as well, doing the NIL stuff. Uh, I really I jumped at it because I said, yes, this is something I could speak about passionately, honestly. Um, and I can just I can. I can bring something to the table here that other people might not be able to. So it's been a ton of fun for me. It's been really rewarding. I believe in it. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, there's some of the people, I think my first tryout was we did uh, SummerSlam was in Nashville uh, last year. And so now we're seeing some of those cats, men and women who got signed. Now we're seeing them in NXT and now we're, we're able to kind of track their progress. So it's been a ton of fun and uh, really rewarding. And, and that's my hope is I just want to see the business. I want to see our company be in a great place in 10, 15, 20 years. I love a lot of what you've just said. You know, I, I came from the outside. I've spoken in detail with Bianca Belair about her facing imposter syndrome. Is that something that you faced years ago? And is that something you work with the, uh, the athletes in the NIL program? Yeah, for sure, man. Because, you know, for the, you know, it's what we, our business is not easy. 
I, I or normal by any stretch of yes. the imagination. There is nothing you can do outside of this business that will adequately prepare you for this business. However, conversely, if you succeed in this business, I think it should be akin to like a Rhodes scholarship. If you can last <laughs> here in this machine for as long, you know, any, any duration and have any type of success, it's like I could go manage a, a freaking corporation right now based with just just the knowledge you can't help but absorb being here. No, seriously, man, because you learn to deal with chaos for one, because right. that's, that's the thing is if you can't, if you can't deal with chaos, you can't survive in this industry. You really can't because it's, you know, things being changed last minute. It's times, you know, you're, you're in the match and things are changing mid match all the time. It's live. So you get the one take at it. It, it. We really just throw so much at you in this industry. But, uh, you know, I guess I was, I was definitely someone who has dealt with imposter syndrome for a long time because I'd look around at guys like Seth Rollins, I look around at some of the guys that I was in FCW with who had been doing this for 10, 15 years. And I, you know, I can't even hit the ropes properly, you know, when I first come in. So you, you have all these moments where you just, you think you're, you're not good enough. You wonder if you'll ever get, you'll ever, you'll be called up if you have a place in this business. Um, But, you know, for, for people like that, I just say like, just keep going, keep learning, keep progressing. Um, just get out of your head. I think too many of us are, are in our own heads and we're worried too much about uh, what do the people think about us and if we're further along enough. But uh, yeah, the thing is, I just had to realize like I do have something to bring to the table. I might not be 6'4". I might not be a high flyer. I might not ever be as good in the ring as so many of the people that I share a locker room with. But I know that I have something unique to bring to the table. So that's what I always encourage people to is don't worry about being the next scene or the next rock. Do your own thing. Bring something fresh. Bring something new to this industry. Uh, I never would have thought that what I brought to the industry would be wearing rainbow colors and a unicorn horn on my head. That was a route I didn't anticipate. <laughs> but uh, but I really uh, I'm so proud of, of what we've done and what we brought to the table. So that's the biggest thing is and I and I love I think Bianca is one of one. Uh, you know, there are other people who have who might have other skills similar to her, but when you bring all those things together, she brings something very unique to the table. I can say the same thing about Montez, about Dawkins. You look at all the, and that's what I'm really proud of. Even someone like Baron, you know, who used to call football Tom right, in, in right. FCW. Yes, sir. Is, uh, and you see like, man, no, he he's brought something unique to the table. Like he, he can go in the ring. Uh, he has a presence. Uh, so, yeah, that's, a, that's the one thing that I really encourage athletes who are kind of trying to find their way in this business is, no, you belong here. Bring something fresh to the table. I love that outlook on things, man. Isn't it funny how we all mature within the business? We all, we've all known each other so long, like almost a third of our lives or a quarter of our lives, depending on our age. It's like we we spend so much time with the same people and we all are sort of growing up together within this wide, wild world. It's It's really crazy to think about, you know? No, very much, man. I was 23 when I got signed. And the way you see the world and life at 23 is quite, at least for me, very different from the way you see the world at 37. Think about all the lived experiences we've had. We've traveled the world together. We, we've dealt with things like, you know, we've lost great friends. Uh, we've we've had horrific injuries. We've been through a lot, man. And life has changed uh, uh, so much for us. And two, you know, there's also that mentality of when you're in FCW and you're in developmental, the focus is like you see everyone else as a competitor. Like I want to get to that spot before they do. Right. But then you get a chance now to, to look back and you realize like we're in this together, man. We travel the world together. We share locker rooms together. There are so many people that I have seen more. You know, I spent more time with Kofi and Woods than I spent with anyone else the last 10 years. Uh, there's so you know, we, we've we've 
you just go through so much over those years in a demanding business. It's not easy at all. Uh, so you learn that, no, I don't have to see Graves as the guy that I'm competing with that I need to, you know, just get out before he can. No, that's someone who gets what I'm going through. That's someone who's been in locker rooms. He's dealt with the bumps. He's dealt with the injuries. He, he knows the ups and downs. So that's the cool thing now is being older, you know, something that I feared, you know, I was always worried about getting older, being in my thirties, but no, that's a really beautiful thing now is you look back with a much different perspective and you have all these lived experiences to lean back on. And now you appreciate certain things that you didn't when you were younger. KP, Big E will verify. I've always in fact been this salty. I'm older now, but I am equally, if not more salty than I was back then. (laughs) I didn't want to bring it up. That's very true. I can verify that. Yes. Every word. (laughs) Oh man. What beautiful words though. I wish we could bottle that up and just carry it with us. You know, you talked about losing close friends and aging. Aging is the ultimate privilege. It it really is. So many people don't get to do it. And and for you to have those words at at 37, now given the adversity that you faced, I think an awful lot of people are going to take an awful lot from what you've just said, Big E. So thank you for sharing all that. No, of course, man. It's uh, it's really been beautiful. And these are like my favorite kinds of discussions too with my friends who, uh, and now when I look around, you know, in my 20s, my friends were mostly all single. I had like one married friend, but now like all my friends are married with kids. We've been through a lot. So now we, uh, you just see the world differently. And uh, the cool thing is now when I watch Raw, when I watch SmackDown, when I watch NXT is, I am so proud of so many of my friends. Like, I'm so proud. Man, Graves, bro, you you are, you're going to have, you're a mainstay. You're one of the, the voices that people will grow up with. You know, so many kids will say, that was the voice of my childhood. It was Corey Graves. You know what I mean? Like, that is that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So now it's, I can sit back and I'm so proud of, you know, see Seth and Becky, like, they're married now and they have a kid now. I remember when they were just, just, separate individuals hustling. So it's, it's just, um, it's very cool to get old. Uh, even though I, I see my hairline just, just going back further and further <laughs> by the day, you know what? I, uh, I can, I can deal with the, the physical costs because the other things in life are really beautiful at this age. It is, man. It's beautiful. It's wild to think about for all of us miscreants on the Island of misfit toys who were in FCW. Now you look across the landscape and we are them. Yes. Yes, we How are. hopeless it was in that warehouse in Tampa where we thought we would be doing man in the middle drill, man in the middle <laughs> drills with Dr. Yes. Tom until our legs fell off. And now we look and from you to Woods to me, Rollins, Sammy, Cesaro. I mean, everyone's thriving, even if they're not here thriving, like we have taken over the business and it's really, really cool to, to really sit back and say, wow, yeah, we did that. What a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah, man. And to see us at the top of the card, too. You know, so many of us, when we first came up, we're, uh, we're working to get there. But now I look around and, and so many of the people that we struggled with, that we sweat with, uh, making $500 a week in that in that warehouse, now like knowing, oh, it was all worth it. And that's the one thing is I always, I think for me, I, as someone who was like, you know, I was like, are they going to fire me after three months? And am I going to be gone soon? Can I even do this? Am I going to, if I do get called up, will I last for more than a few weeks. Uh, that's the cool thing now is I can look back and say, yeah, it was all worth it. All the time that we sweat, all the time that we did street team, that we had Alfred yelling at us. Oh my God. That's KP. <laughs> KP, next time we have a few beers after the show, you got to ask Please. me about street team. That's okay. a whole other can of worms. That's a podcast in and of itself. 
<laughs> Look, I, I'm all about putting your, your dues in, but Street Team was awful, man. It was, it was, it was not fun. <laughs> but we made it, man. We made it. We 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 pushed through, and I'm I'm really I can look back, and I'm grateful for those experiences. I'm grateful for for the bonds we made, and uh, I look back so fondly at all those things. I love it, man. How would you sum up how important Kofi and Woods are to you? Oh man, those are the brothers, man. That's that's uh that's family. And those are guys when we're in our 50s, 60s and whatnot. Those are guys that uh I think we'll we'll still be texting each other. We'll we'll plan family vacations. Uh I'm so proud of those guys that to me their their legacy. Uh they they still have a lot more time left. They have many more uh incredible things to do, but their legacy is already etched in stone. Uh I even look at a guy like Woods Kofi, Kofi, I already feel like I, when I met Kofi, he was already like a legend. So it's all right, you know, <laughs> Kofi's already fine. We, we talk about Rey Mysterio being timeless. It's time to start putting Kofi into that conversation. <laughs> Kofi has been going for what feels like decades. Like, I feel like I grew up watching Kofi and I've yes. known the guy for, for 15 years. Exactly. And it's like he, he doesn't age either. I don't understand. But uh, I look at a guy like Woods and I'm immensely proud of Kofi, too. Obviously, don't get me wrong but I think of Woods and I think of his position. And I I don't know why I keep going back to FCW, but that's where I first met him. And I think of where he was at. I think of a guy who, uh, I remember when he first walked into FCW with these massive lifts in his boots. Yeah. Because (laughs) he might as well have been on stilts because he'd been been told time and time again, you're too short, short, you're too short, you're too small. So he's coming in like, this is my one opportunity. I'm not going to waste it. So he comes in with these massive lifts. Uh, and he big, had the fro at the time. So between yes. the lifts and the fro, I think he was about eight <laughs> yeah, feet tall. I think so. <laughs> but so I, I, so I think of a guy like that who, you know, it just, I, when I thought about like, oh, where can I see him on the main roster? You know, for a lot of people, he was just told no so often. He was never really put in a great spot. Uh, in FCW, he just didn't seem like even his. He talks about having the worst debut of all time, and I, I think he has an argument for it. It's yeah. up there, but um, I'm so proud of him. Not just what he's done in the ring; he's done incredible things in the ring. He brought so much to you know for a while. Like he was a guy who really clamored. He wanted to be in the matches more and more, but he really brought so much. You know, circa 2015, 2016, when he was on the floor, he brought so much to our act to what we were doing because he was so wildly entertaining. The stuff with the trombone, everything he brought to the table really helped us get off the ground. But then seeing him really kill it in the ring, get those opportunities to be in great matches, you know, people still, it's so so heartwarming for me to still people see people still bring up the Hell in a Cell match with the Usos because we still think that was so special. And so much of that is Wood's mind. It's him, uh, you know, we all brought the best of ourselves to that. And he brought the best of himself to that. Uh, but it's it's also what he's done outside of the ring. Like this man has created jobs. He's created a gaming channel that brought the locker room together, that got the boys and the girls paydays. Um, we, we've had opportunities to go to incredible you know, comic cons uh, to just do amazing things because of this. And so he's he's really I don't think we will really understand the impact that he's had on the industry. Much of it might be behind closed doors, but he's he's really helped people uh, in so many ways. He's a a beautiful human being, a really giving person. So he's just someone that uh, I want to give him his flowers at all times uh, because he's amazing. And and like, what can you say about Kofi? Just the kindest, uh, best human you'll ever meet 
except when it comes to video games, a god awful sport, whether he wins or loses when it comes to video games. But other than that, an incredible human being. I'm just shocked that, that there is, in fact, something that irritates Kofi. I didn't think it existed. You have pinpointed it. Now Now we will all exploit that. Future opponents, <laughs> everybody, just know, get in Kofi's head in the locker room, playing video games. Trust Big E. He just That's revealed it. the secret to, to Kofi's downfall. He's a terrible sport. Other than that, a tremendous human being. That's Kofi. E, man, I appreciate you hanging out with us today. We could continue this chat for hours, and maybe we shall. So uh, you're welcome here on ATB whenever. Before you leave us, you know I was going to ask you for an update. How you feeling? How, how, what, do, what do we have to look forward to for Big E in the future? Uh, I feel great, man. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a timetable, but the great thing is I feel 100%. I don't even feel like someone who broke their neck. Uh, my, my mobility is incredible. It's great. Uh, my strength is great. I have no issues whatsoever. So uh, I wish I had some answers on returning to the ring. I got nothing, unfortunately. But uh, the really beautiful thing is I feel great. Body feels great. I'm really thankful for that. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, life is good. I'm blessed. I can walk around. I can touch my toes. I can go to the gym, uh, all those things. Uh, so really grateful. And once again, I want to say thank you so much to, first of all, the EMTs who are there on a very timely, everyone who I, I thought, you know, I had a little contusion. I'll just get up. I didn't think my neck was broken at all. So like, I'll just get up. But thankfully, you know, people got to me before I could even do that. Uh, so thankful for the people in Birmingham at the hospital, Dr. Dugas, who took great care of me, for everyone who uh, was just there for me. Um, for people who texted me, who emailed me, all the people who checked in, fans, peers, family, loved ones. Uh, oftentimes we look at the Internet, we look at Twitter, we think of wrestling, Twitter, the community. Sometimes it can be a dark place. It can be less than ideal. But for me, I just saw a really beautiful community that reached out, that wanted to support me, that was there for me, not just the day of or the day after, but weeks after, months after. Uh, I really am so proud to be a part of this community, to be a part of this industry because of that. And uh, I'm really grateful for all those things. So thank you to everyone. I love you guys. Uh, appreciate the love, the support. I am doing beautifully. Mind, body, soul, all those things are incredible. I'm fortunate to be alive, blessed to be alive. I'm grateful. Thank you all. Love you. Uh, tip your waiters, pay your taxes, all the above. You look great. Above all else, you look fantastic. Biggie, we are grateful for you. We're lucky to have you. Where can the uh, ATB faithful find you on social media? I'm at WWE Biggie on Twitter and on Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I, I, I barely post it. Like, do I have to be on TikTok? It's not even a shot at TikTok. I just can't. It's just draining. I'm 37, man. I can't do any more social media, man. I need someone to handle it for me. Uh, also, before I forget, I'm an idiot because there's so many things that I am doing that I can't talk about. NBC Hot Wheels. It's uh, an incredible new show. Check it out. I don't know when our, our episode drops, but I had the privilege to be uh, the special guest judge for that show. It's, it's a ton of fun. It's on Peacock and on NBC as well. Uh, also, we did Family Feud, the men versus the women. That'll be coming out this summer. That was so much fun. You guys got to check it out. It was incredible. We also did The Weakest Link, which I also think drops this summer as well, which was an all WWE version as well. So we have some fun game shows uh, coming up. Enjoy them. Yes, they were fun. He forgot to mention those. I know. Seriously. That busy. That. Forgot to mention you hung out with Steve Harvey, Big E. That's a dream of mine. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, you're right. It's, it's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of good things going on. I'm blessed. Things are great.
Well, make sure you're following Big E at WWE Big E. Keep up with all things Big E. And make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan. Listen for free wherever you get your podcast. Just search After the Bell and smash the follow button so you never miss an episode. And as a reminder, full episodes of ATB are available on the official WWE YouTube channel each and every Monday. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. Bell.